they had they had Triple H like at the NIL summit, yeah. like talking and everything. Like it was crazy. So uh, I mean, if they get their wrestling name, like that would be that would be dope. Like, that would Keith be so out cool. here giving free ideas as always. Right. Yeah. No, that, I mean, I, they have to do it. Like we're cutting sure. this out of podcast. I can't even We got to come up yeah, with your yeah. wrestling name now. We got to come yeah, up yeah. with your WWE name. We need to be doing that, a podcast that combines sports, social media content, and life. I'm Jonah Ballow. I'm Keith Steckler. I'm Elliot Gerard. We Need to Be Doing That is a Heartlink Group production. Come on. We need to be doing that. Super excited today, guys. We have a great guest on the podcast. Geo Baker, former guard, Rutgers basketball. Hung up his uh, shoes, his sneakers, I should say, uh, this, this past season, but uh, was a great basketball player for Rutgers. And actually, we met Geo at the Sports PR Summit in New York City. We were a creative sponsor and got to hear him speak about NIL. And mostly that this conversation will will surround NIL and his expertise in that space and really, you know, blazed a trail there and, and been one of the faces to NIL early stages of it. And Gio, first of all, thank you so much for joining us. Let's first start with the basketball part of it. How do you wrap up a career like that? What does it mean to you in looking back at your years there at Rutgers as a basketball player? Yeah, I mean, first off, thanks for having me, guys. Um, you know, and and Rutgers was just truly a special place. Um, you know, when I first when I first got there, we, you know, didn't have a ton of supporters. Um, you know, we only won three games in the Big Ten. Um, you know, so then you fast forward to now, my fifth year, and you know, we finished top four. We had a double buy in the Big Ten tournament. I mean, these are the, like this is something that like no one would have ever have pictured or imagined except for, you know, me, Coach Peichel, and maybe a few other people. Um, you know, it would have been just a room full of people. It wouldn't have been a lot uh, a lot of people saying stuff like that. So, um, you know, just that journey, I think, was the most special part about it. Um, the relationships that I formed, not only with my teammates, but with the whole Rutgers community. Um, I mean, if you guys see me on social media, like I'm still interacting with everybody and, you know, just keeping that positive spirit. Um, I really think that that was like one of the reasons why we became so good was, you know, everyone kind of had that same mentality. If you looked at our team top to bottom, everyone was just a good person. Um, you know, if fans wanted to interact with us, like everyone would, you know, take the time, stop, take pictures, autographs, whatever it was, um, you know, just interacting with the fans. And I think that, you know, that same type of personality translated to the court where, you know, we we truly cared about each other and we cared about winning and we cared about Rutgers. You know, at the sports PR summit, we listened to you speak about NIL and it's a space as a company that we've uh, dove into and been very, I would say bullish in, as you use that cliche term of, of <laughs> really supporting athletes. My experience is in um, the NBA with 10 years working for the Timberwolves and the Knicks and, and traveling with the team and talking to a lot of athletes in my career, I've changed my tune. So when I was at University of Kansas, that's where I did four years of journalism broadcast. I actually wrote in the school paper. I wrote a column saying that college athletes shouldn't be paid. They get a scholarship. And mm. I have done a complete 180. I mean, so far on the other end of the spectrum, and I'm almost ashamed to admit that I wrote that column <laughs> back then, right? Because it, it was, uh, to put it plainly, pretty stupid and ignorant to think about all, didn't I didn't really think about all the other factors that play into it and how much the university can build a huge amount of profit off of the players, not only during the time that they're there. So you get, yeah, sure, maybe it's dollar for dollar, maybe yeah. of, of the scholarship, doubtful though. But then post-playing career is really what I didn't examine. And I really thought that you did a great job at the PR Summit at expressing what the important things are about NIL and why some people have it wrong 
and why we need to think about this in a more expanded way. When did it sort of hit you or when did it become um, something that you were really passionate about that you were going to dive into this, you know, with both feet and say, you know, I'm going to be a face of NIL and I really feel very passionate about the future of this and helping other athletes. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't think I ever like planned on being a face for it. Um, it, That kind of just happened. Um, You know, but for me, it was really just speaking my mind and, you know, taking a personal approach to it. Um, You know, the first thing that really stuck out to me was, you know, I would look back at my past teammates who left, like left college early or left school early. Um, You know, not really, they weren't projected to be drafted. They weren't projected to go to the NBA. Um, you know, they had a choice to make. It was they either had to leave early to go make money for their families who were struggling or, or needed it at the time um, or go back to school where, you know, you're broke. You're broke in college. Um, we're talking about athletes who had like 200,000 followers, um, you know, like a big following where, you know, they were they would have been able to make great money in NIL. And that's where it like really hit me where it was like, damn, like this kid's never going to be able to, you know, he, he's not getting his degree now. He's out in the real world and, you know, and it's hard out there. It's hard in the real world. I'm learning right now. You know, it's, you know, what's your, what, no one, no one's paying the bills for you. You got to figure out everything on your own. Um, so I think NIL is like the best opportunity for people to come back to college and, you know, you're going to get your degree and while you're doing it, you're going to make all these networking opportunities. You're going to meet all these companies. You're, you're going to be able to get in business meetings. Um, there's so many different ways that it could go. Um, so I think overall, it's just good for the student athlete experience. And another thing is for high major athletes, big 10 athletes, you don't have a lot of people telling you to go to class. Like, like that's, that's the the real part of, of college, of college sports, high major college sports. There's not a lot of people telling you to go to school. There's a lot of people telling you, make sure that, you know, you get in the gym, you know, you get on the field, you know, you train extra, um, you know, you're ready for game day, but you know, there's only a handful of people who are really telling you to go to school and NIL, while it's not, college classes, you're learning about business, you're learning about the real world, you're learning about taxes, finances, you know, contracts, stuff that really matters in the real world. So while it's not exactly school, I think it fits directly into the student part of the student athlete experience. Keith, and I want to jump in real quick. I know you have something to say. I I did a terrible job as a host and didn't define NIL. (laughs) Name, (laughs) image, likeness. And I think uh, we've been talking about it so much. It's been in the sports news, but maybe some people listening to the podcast now didn't know that definition of it. And it really is. And you can help me out, Gio, if I don't have it, you know, 100% correct. But the idea that now collegiate athletes can receive sponsorships from brands, they can receive some monetary value to their name, image, likeness while they're playing at the university and most importantly, post-university where before that that was illegal and you, you'd be in danger of losing a scholarship and the, and the school would also get in trouble. Now there's an opportunity for the player to establish sort of a, a relationship with brands during their playing time and post-playing time. Is that 100% correct? Yeah, I'd, say, I'd, say, I'd say you pretty much you pretty much hit it on the head for sure. Okay, go ahead, Keith. Sorry about that. Yeah, no, we've, um, we've heard you talk about how you felt about Rutgers when you got on campus, and um, I'm sure that feeling played into your decision. I know that predated NIL. So a lot of conversations have been, um, especially in a lot of sports, but basketball, you know, gone are the days of you have to go to these big schools, look at Steph Curry coming out of a Davidson. I mean, obviously you make the tournament, you get the media attention, and, and your sort of stock rises. But with NIL, what are you telling high school kids or what might you tell a high school kid? Because I don't want to say it levels the playing field, but it certainly has to factor into your decision of where you want to play ball and and what school you want to go to. 
What are you telling kids um, and how does NIL factor into those decisions? Yeah, so I think, um, you know, it's hard. It's hard right now for, for high school kids because right now NIL is the probably the, the biggest recruiting tool, whereas before it was facilities and, you know, different stuff that, um, you know, schools could offer. Um, you know, really what I'm telling these kids is, is, honestly, I don't think it's changed a lot. You know, you're going to see these these articles about, you know, million dollar deals, et cetera. Those are very rare. Like not, not a lot of schools are dishing that out or not schools, but not a lot of people are like around these schools are dishing that out. Um, you know, so I, for me, the message stays the same. Like, do you feel comfortable there? Is this your home? You know, do these people care about you as a person? Like all those, all those boxes were checked off for me at Rutgers. Like as soon as I got there, it was a family atmosphere. Fans were coming up to me who like, like, I, like, I'm just on a visit. I'm just a recruit. And people are coming to me, oh, come to Rutgers. Blah, blah. And I'm just a kid from New Hampshire. Like, I know they don't actually, like, at the time, they didn't actually really want me there. But, you know, they're just nice people. Um, you know, good people. Uh, being surrounded by people who care about you. I think that's, like, the most important thing that I've been telling high school athletes. Because, yeah, money's cool. But, you know, at the end of the day, like, this isn't just about your college experience. Like like you were saying, it's, it's about post-college, too. And, you know, who's really going to be there? So I've just made sure to surround myself, even in the NIL era, like what I did this year, I wasn't, I wasn't taking every single deal. You know, there was, there was times where I turned deals down because it didn't fit me as a person. It didn't fit my brand. Um, you know, different stuff like that, where I think, you know, you have to, you have to, you, you still want it to be personal to you and, and, you know, just have that genuine brand. So I think that's the most, that's the most important thing I've been telling high schoolers is don't get attracted by just the money. Yeah, I just wanted to kind of hear a story about either you or someone that you've, you know, um, one of your colleagues that have done something interesting in the NIL space. Like what, what um, do you have like, a, you know, an interesting campaign that you were a part of or, um, you know, someone that, that either you've worked with or you've just seen from afar and been like, that's really cool what, what they did with the, you know, in the NIL space already For sure. so early on. Yeah, so I'll use myself as an example so I don't take too much time thinking of another, like some something else that's probably way cooler. Um, but um, so what I did, I, I had partnered with a local Rutgers alumni owned clothing brand, Alva Fitness, um, which again was, this is like kind of irrelevant, but it was strategic in a way where I wanted to partner up with a smaller brand who I knew would focus on me. Um, but what we did, we actually dropped a collection called Culture Changers, which was basically about you know, us being culture changers at Rutgers basketball, how we had changed the program from, you know, three and 15 of the big 10 to, you know, top four in the league. And we had put every single guy's face on the hoodie or the t-shirt and on it, it says culture changers. Everyone has like a little cartoon head. Like it, it's pretty dope. It looked pretty cool. Um, and actually all of the, all of the revenue went to our walk-ons and uh, managers, se senior managers and our walk-ons. So, that was like a really cool way to use NIL, to use our platform to, you know, put some money in, in, the, in the pocket of dudes who, you know, don't really have that platform, don't really aren't really able to drop some merch or, you know, get get the fans attention. And, and it was cool for the fans, too, because you, you get a you get a hoodie or a T-shirt with, you know, the entire Rutgers basketball team on there, the team that, you know, changed the culture, finally made it to the NCAA tournament. Um, you know, so that was a cool way for me to kind of use my platform to, you know, help my teammates and, you know, just try to get everybody a little bit of money. It wasn't, it wasn't like $10,000 or anything like that, but, you know, just to, just to get them some money to, you know, go out, have a good time, stuff like that. Yeah, no, I, I love that. You know, what's really cool about that too, is that it shows that like in that you're making a strategic storytelling campaign. Like it's, it's, uh, there's actual 
the story of you guys actually changing a, a thing that like that's a that's a that's a marketing slogan right there so is that yeah, like you, did you you come up with that yourself like with them like is that like yeah it was it was completely my idea to be honest that's what I'll, take, awesome. I'll take full credit i'll take full yeah, credit but that's sure. awesome yeah. though because that shows like how how this like you're saying it's changing the way that athlete thinks about themselves this early like yeah. that that is like I mean, we've worked at big agencies. I feel like most creative directors there would not have thought of something that as cool as that at all. Sure. I, I appreciate it, guys. Yeah. yeah, no, it was it was it was uh, fun to do, and and like and again, like going back to like what you just said, like I still work with Alba Fitness to this day. So mm-hmm. like that's and again, that goes into what I tell these high school athletes. It's like, yeah, I didn't make a, I didn't make you know fifty thousand dollars just from Alba Fitness, but then the day like now I help them find other athletes and then I get a percentage for whatever I, whoever I bring in. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I created that relationship with them. And if I had gone to a bigger brand, like say players trunk or something like that, mm-hmm. probably wouldn't be in the same situation right now. Like I probably still wouldn't be working with them. You know, obviously they have like a million athletes at one time. Um, you know, so that was again, like kind of going into like the strategy of what I was trying to do and, you know, create that relationship where it's not only about NIL, but now it's like a long-term gig where yep. I can continuously bring in athletes for them and, you know, still make some money, make the athletes some money and and make Alba some money. That's an extremely important point. We've always talked about this too, that the athletes are not just the face or the star power to a campaign or a product. And we're seeing it now more than ever. And it's exciting. They are the product, right? They have their, their voice, their look, their feel. We've seen it with sort of the signature shoes with Nike and in the way that they market the players. But now the big time guys are taking more control of the creative process and the results are very strong and it feels more tied to their brand and who they are yeah. than ever. So and more than ever before, other than the outliers of Michael Jordan, Tiger Woods and those type of players. But what I wanted to shift to was if I had to be devil's advocate guy and, and play the, this side of it where I hear a lot and trust me, this is not my opinion, but you know, of, of people saying this is going to wreck college sports. It's now professional sports, blah, 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 blah. What I like what you said at the Sports PR Summit, and and I just saw Saquon Barkley say that he actually would have stayed longer if it were for NIL. And I think mm-hmm. the counter is this could actually help college sports. Do you feel yep. like a lot of players could maybe extend their stay and this could actually help, especially in, in basketball, right? In football, you have to yeah. stay longer. But in basketball, give a little bit more of that feeling for those people who are saying, oh, we only see a guy there for a year or a couple months and he's gone and we don't have continuity at the, these universities and it's just now the one and done situation. Do you think there's some um, positive aspects now that we could see college sports actually benefit the most from this? Oh, it's, it's already happening. I mean, you look at uh, UNC, Baycock came back. Um, you know, just different different guys around the country who are coming back. And these are like big time players. I mean, UNC just made the national championship. Like, like, like that didn't that didn't happen before. That wouldn't have happened before. I mean, we even saw it at Rutgers just now. Caleb McConnell just came back. Um, you know, guys guys who normally would leave school are gonna come back to school. And right now the only thing that people are kind of like worried about is, you know, the transfer portal with it, which um, you know, like basically they're they're afraid of it becoming free agency, but even that it's, it goes back to what I was saying before, like those articles that you see, the only ones that blow up are like the, the huge stories of like, Oh, this is a scandal, blah, blah, blah. Cause obviously the negative news is going to be, you know, more in the spotlight than the positive news. But realistically there's only been like three stories. Like it's not like this is happening over and over again. Um, 
you know, so I think I think overall it's a great thing. You know, you're going to see a lot more, you know, seniors, juniors, older basketball, good basketball, guys who know how to win, guys who know how to play, know how to lead, um, guys who have stayed out of school. You get, the fans get to see players grow. You know, like that's that's what the fans really love about the game. Um, you know, so I think it's great. I, I, I'm loving it right now. Just seeing all these guys returning to school. I'm, I'm happy that Caleb McConnell's coming back to Rutgers. He's a great leader. He's going to be a fifth year senior, older guy. Like he's going to know how to lead. It's going to be good basketball. Um, so I'm excited. I think it's great. I mean, it's going to change professional sports too, because yeah. they're going to be they, like, I feel like a lot of these guys, they come in because they have no choice. They, they want to get paid. They go in and their career, some, a lot of times flames out because they, they didn't stay in school. They didn't get the education on the court and off the court yep. um, to, you know, like really be able to lead, like you're saying. And yeah, I think I mean, that it'll, it, and also injuries. I feel like that, you know, coming right out of school that young rather than staying in, I think it'll, it'll yeah. help. Sorry. Anyways. I think, I think it's going to, it's going to change everything. Like it's, you, you, you could talk about just college sports, professional sports, but the other part of it is like, it's going to change the world. Like you've got athletes thinking in a completely different way now. Like you have athletes doing stuff that they never would have been able to even try before. So I mean, I, th- I think it's great. You're going to have athletes, like eventually you're going to start seeing more charity events, you know, more stuff where people are just helping people. You're going to see athletes starting to pick these different avenues of interest. Like it, it could go a lot of different places. So now you're going to have people who are going to make real world change where before they would have been categorized as just an athlete. So I, I think I think it's huge. And, and, and you're going to stay in school. So they're also going to learn more, and get get a better degree, whatever it may be. I, I think it's awesome. It's, it's good overall for everybody. Do you find it bizarre that some people who have no skin in the game give a shit about this and have the loudest voices? I don't find it bizarre. I mean, <laughs> I think that's the that's the life of social media now. <laughs> you're gonna have, you're gonna have guys trashing anything. And some people some people don't even actually care. They just they just like trolling. Like a lot of times it would be the account with like they're following like 500 people and they have one follower and it's probably like their other burner account. And like, that's, like, that's just kind of how the world is right now. So, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't really find it too bizarre. Honestly, it's, it's more just like funny, I guess. Talk to us about how the relationship with uh, Eric Legrand started. I mean, you got, you hear that guy talk and yeah, you just want to, he's such a good dude. I'm sure a lot of that has to do with the story that I'm sure everyone has, has heard. Um, but what a great guy. I mean, I literally wanted to go up to him after the summit and say, how do we get, involved um so talk about what he's been up to um since his playing days and how you're affiliated with that yeah so um i mean eric legrand when you step on Rutgers campus that's like the first name that you hear the guy's a Rutgers legend he's the only uh football player to ever have his jersey retired at Rutgers. um and then like you said just a great dude genuine dude and honestly just an inspiration um you know before i get into like how i met him like i was i was inspired by him before like being around him and then you're you're around him and like it's even crazier like the stuff this guy is doing and the effort that it takes for him to do like what what we do is like it's it's insane like it really is insane like i i literally like i've i'm so motivated now to accomplish whatever it is i need to accomplish cuz i'm like i can never complain again about anything going on in my life like i really can't and um you see him and he and he doesn't even flinch like we're talking about like he is He's locked in. He's smiling. He's having a great time. And I'm like, dude, if this happened to me, like, I don't know how I'd be able to react to something like this. I really don't. Like, I don't know if I'd be able to get out of whatever place I'm in when that when something like that occurs. Um, you know, so talk about an inspiration, like, like 
truly an inspiration. He's been a mentor to me in, in like this entrepreneurship life. So it's, it's been awesome just being able to talk to a guy like that and, you know, just being able to be around him. Um, how we kind of formed a relationship. I actually reached out to him uh, when he first started the Grand Coffee House. I was like, look, I'd love to support it. Like, I'd love to, you know, do whatever. Uh, this is like when NIL like first started. Like, this is like July 2nd, like right after it launched. Um, and basically, he just gave me like 100 bucks to like post post about the Grand Coffee House. Like, at the time, like, I had no idea. Like, like I was like, oh, this is awesome. I don't charge $100 anymore. So many brands reach out. Like, it's a lot more now. <laughs> but um, like, it was it was awesome at the time. You know, we just, you know, I was just supporting the Grand Coffee House because number one, it's Eric LeGrand, Rutgers legend. Like, I, again, want to stay within the Rutgers brand. Um, and number two, they, they were doing a really good thing. Like, the Grand Coffee House's vision was more than just coffee. It was about, you have to remember the time COVID was going on. So his vision was, okay, we want to get people together to enjoy a nice cup of coffee and, and conversation. And that's how the coffee house eventually opened. It ended up uh, taking longer than expected, but like, it was all about just like going together with your friends, meeting up, having some coffee, having casual conversation, which during COVID you couldn't do that. Like that wasn't really going on. It was a lot of isolation. So I really liked the vision of what they were trying to do too, of just bringing people together. So that was really cool for me. And um, yeah, we kind of just kept up that relationship and, you know, fast forward to now, we're uh, we're business partners in, in in the Knight Society, and we're we're trying to help you know every single college athlete at Rutgers. So you know, it's it's been it's been great. You know, he's helped me so much. Well, I wasn't able, like I said, I wasn't able to talk to him at the event, but so I'll say to you, and hopefully he hears this. We'd love to be involved in in any way we can. So hopefully we can pick up that that conversation. Yeah, most definitely. You guys should have seen his uh his his grand opening at the Grand Coffee House. It was insane. Like the. The governor was there, the the mayor, um, you know, the football coach at Rutgers. Like, it was just uh, insane. Like, everybody was there and the line was out. The, I didn't even get any coffee. I I didn't even, like, I was like, I was like, e, if I if I get in line for coffee, like, I'm not even gonna be able to talk to anybody. So I just skipped the line, went inside and just started talking to everyone. And the line just kept going, kept going. Like, I didn't even get a chance to drink any. So it was, it was a really good day. Are you um, hearing from either current college players, high school kids coming out that are that are kind of picking your brain and um, asking for advice? And, and what is it that you would like to do with, you know, sort of giving guidance to some of the younger athletes out there who are, are just getting involved with this and starting to see how do I get involved? And, and part B of the question is uh, we can't ignore social media as a strategic device for a lot of these younger athletes. And and you know, using it to, I mean, I reached out to you on DM, right? Like amplifying and being able to connect with people at a different level. I would imagine as a business opportunity, there's a lot there with social media platforms and, and their own personal profiles. Yeah, most definitely. So I, I, yeah, a lot of, a lot of people have been reaching out to me uh, as of late, um, you know, guys in college, high school, um, even just recently, I went to the NIL summit in Atlanta where I was able to talk on a panel with a couple other student athletes and same type of thing, you know, I kind of just gave my, you know, my two cents and, you know, my advice to everyone in there, there was about like 400 athletes there. So it was, you know, a good amount of people. Um, <clears throat> the main thing that I've been saying is like, not everyone is going to get these big brand deals. You know, not everyone is going to get signed by Under Armour, WWE, um, you know, whatever, whatever is out there right now, Gatorade. Um, so I kind of just gave my approach, which was I focused on my niche, which was Rutgers University. You know, at the end of the day, my biggest supporters were people who were at Rutgers. Um, I really focused in on cameos. Uh, I made, you know, 
big amount of money this year from Cameo of just being very personal. Like I would just, if they wanted a 20 second video, I would make it 50 seconds. If they wanted a minute, like I would make it three minutes. Like I would just go out of my way to like, just make it very personal and interact with the fan base because not only was it good for Cameo, like they, they loved the video. They probably came back for another video, but also like for the other stuff I was doing, like now they're like, Oh, like I should probably go get a t-shirt too. Like I should go get a hoodie or whatever it was. Um, so just being very personal with my fan base, I thought was the most important thing. And like, that was the thing I really, I really stressed to pretty much every athlete is all you guys have a fan base of some sort. It may not, may not be the biggest or, you know, it, it may be the smallest, whatever it is, if it's somewhere in between, you have a fan base. So, you know, make sure to, you know, you like, that's your audience. So make sure to speak to them when you're, whatever it is you're trying to do. Um, so a lot of the things I tell athletes is just like, focus on your niche, like, we all have a fan base somewhere. So if, whether it's cameo or if you're focusing on like local businesses, um, you know, just go out of your way to go talk to these people because at the end of the day, your athletes are the most noticeable, be- noticeable people on campus. Um, so any campus store, restaurant, like they'll, they'll want to have your face attached to it. They want to have your brand attached to it. And then the last thing that involves social media as well is I just always say, you know, don't be an asshole. Like just be a good person. Like it's it's really not that hard. And I thought I thought our team this year at Rutgers did a great job of that. We did it before NIL too. Like like I said, like I was saying earlier, like I mean, people come up to us. Everyone's talking. We're not gonna like we don't think we're better than anybody or anything like that. Like we you know we we want to talk to people. Like we enjoy the support. We enjoy it because we know what it was like before it when we didn't have any support. Um, you know, so we, you know we really we really enjoy that. And you know, just don't be an asshole to nobody. I don't I don't think you know I don't think people understand sometimes how anybody can truly help you like just like and that's just that's networking people like to look at networking as professional you know events where you're in a suit and tie and you're giving out a business card like networking is like meeting someone at a bar and you have a casual conversation and it turns into you know this this like professional idea like all of my best business deals so far have started like in a bar or like in a, in a random place where I'm just having a casual conversation, you know, and then I, I you know, I get like interested in what they're talking about. And, and I realize that, you know, these guys are genuine or girls are genuine and, you know, it turns into something cool and professional. So that, you know, that's just what I say is don't be, don't be an asshole to anybody. It's great life advice right there. Uh, yeah, for yeah. sure. I that. <laughs> um, Gio, tell us what's, what's going on with your future, you know, the immediate future, maybe long-term future and what, what business you got going on right now. For sure. So I hinted at it a little earlier. Um, I partnered up with Eric Legrand to start the Knight Society. Um, basically, we have two goals, which is to connect and, and build the Rutgers community in a new way. And then the second one is to, you know, provide NIL opportunities for all Rutgers athletes. Um, and basically how we do that is we do it through NFT technology. So it's basically a membership program. So if you buy the NFT, you're automatically a member. You get exclusive access to our athletes who we have signed. You get exclusive networking opportunities. So like events that I was talking about earlier, both professional and casual. So it could be, you know, some sort of like speed networking event or, um, you know, like not speed dating, but something like that uh, for networking or, you know, at a bar where, you know, only night society people can get in. And then the other thing is um, local discounts at, at bars and restaurants who we kind of partner up with. So I mentioned Alva Fitness earlier, like they'll be offering discounts to night society members on their clothes, their merch. Um, you know, so different stuff like that. And it's just a good way just for everyone to interact and get closer together. One of the main things that, you know, me and Eric have realized is the Rutgers community is very prideful, but it's also very disconnected. So I had put on my Twitter probably like a month ago at this point, 
um, you know, what's the best Rutgers bar in New York city. And like, you would think instantly like, okay, it's Rutgers. Like we should, audit, we, we should have a Rutgers bar. Right. Like they, there was no answer. Like there was, there was 50 replies of people arguing with each other. Um, it's this bar. Oh no, it's this one. Oh, it should be this one. This bar sucks. Like all this different stuff. And it's like, you know, that needs, that needs a change. Like if you, if you went to New York city, you like Michigan, they have a Michigan bar there. Like they're going to know right away where the Michigan bar is. Um, you know, so that's like one thing right off the bat where I'm like, how is this like, like, it's just a disconnect from the alumni to the actual school, which I think is super important, especially when it comes to athletics. Um, so this is like a way where we're going to be able to kind of facilitate, you know, people to a specific bar on game day. And then the bar, like, we're going to basically tell them like, look, if you give our community a discount, we're going to bring everybody here. So it's like you're going to get business on every single Rutgers game day. And on top of that, wh- even who whoever isn't in the Knight Society, they're going to want to come, too, because everyone else is Rutgers people as well. So I think um, it's a good way for kind of like everyone to win. Like everyone's going to be connected, organized, and then the bars are you know going to make a little bit of money from it. And then on top of that, you get a discount uh, at a cool bar on a game day. So, um, you know, that's that's like one of the approaches that we're taking. And then the last thing, sorry, I'm talking my head off right now. The last okay. thing um, we're going to also like basically serve as, as a, as an agency in a sense where any athlete who's in our directory, we're going to actually reach out to outside brands and, you know, just try to find them some extra deals on, on the outside as well. So that will have nothing to do with night society itself, but we'll just kind of serve as a resource. So we can go look for outside brands. We already have the relationship with the athletes and then that way we just kind of connect people. So it's, it's, it's been exciting so far. We haven't launched any NFTs yet. We're going to do that in uh, probably the end of August. Um, so right now we're just kind of in the onboarding phase, trying to get, you know, a bunch of older Rutgers alumni to know what the hell an NFT is. Um, <laughs> but, uh, basically we just, we just tell them that, you know, you get a bunch of cool stuff for, for being a member. And then, uh, on top of it, it's NFT technology. So that's kind of how we've been approaching it. And then, uh, we've also been, you know, looking for sponsors and, you know, different people like that who want to partner up and, you know, be a part of what we're trying to do. And, so far, the feedback has been amazing. Like I'm, I, I'm honestly so excited. I get excited like for stuff like basketball, stuff like that. Like it's not a lot of things that get me super excited. Like this is definitely one of those things that I'm like, like th- this could be really cool if we make sure to do it the right way. And I, and I think, I think we're going about it the right way for sure. Well, you had to tell all these guys what NIL meant, and now you got to tell them what an NFT yeah. is. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. you got an uphill battle, bro. <laughs> no, seriously, I'm like, like explaining. <laughs> yeah, no, seriously, I'll go to like. um like I'll go to like country. I've been going everywhere. Like I'll, I'll pull up to country clubs, events, whatever it is. And they're like, you, you, you know, I just figured out NIL and now you're throwing NFT at me. Like, <laughs> I'm like, look, <laughs> it's great. Uh, before, before I get you out and you can tell people, uh, you know, where to find you on social media, I wanted to ask you a quick question. Uh, is there any brands out there or businesses or activations that you've seen in the NIL space that you've been like, wow, that's really clever or I'm really happy a brand has done this with a specific team or athlete. Is there anything that sparks your interest or thing that you've seen in the marketplace? I feel like there definitely has been. I mean, right now, like the first thing I thought of when you said it was WWE, what they're mm-hmm. doing right now with athletes, um, you know, they're, they're, you know, you could tell that they really see the value in trying to bring in college athletes and, you know, the type of fan bases that they have. So I thought that was really cool. And they're also helping them, with like financial education and, you know, different stuff like that. So that was one thing I saw at the NIL summit that was like really cool right off the bat. Um, I feel like there's definitely more that I've seen. Um, but that, that was like the first thing that popped in my head as soon as you said it. But um, I mean, this is, this is a lot of different stuff going on, which I think is just really cool. Like you get to see the individuality of each athlete, which like, 
and they get and it, not only is it now the athletes platform but you know they get to express themselves through the brands platform as well so like wwe for example like they brought on a bunch of different people men women you know wrestling football basketball like a bunch of different shapes and sizes whatever you want to call it and um you know each person gonna be able to express themselves differently uh you know through that platform which is wwe like everyone knows what wwe is so i think that's like really cool about that too it's part of that project that they create a wrestler name for you because that would be pretty dope that would be dope i don't i they literally just launched um they had they had Triple H like at the NIL summit yeah. like talking and everything like it was crazy so uh, I mean if they get their wrestling name like that would be that would be dope like, Keith be so out cool. here giving free ideas as always right yeah. no, I mean I, they have to do it like we're cutting sure. this out of podcast I we, can't we, even we, we, yeah, yeah. we got to come up yeah, with yeah. your wrestling name now we got to come yeah, up yeah. with WWE name so so what is it let's do a For podcast me. here in a couple months we'll get you on to, uh, to figure out what your wrestling name is so, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll, do something we'll, with baking. But yeah, the baker. <laughs> the baker. I guess the baker. The baker. The baker. That's the butcher. Like that. Yeah. The butcher. The baker. Yeah. Oh, it's a tag team. Yeah. Butcher and yeah. the baker. Ooh, I like that. We gotta get you that butcher. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> I'm gonna hit him up. <laughs> reach out to him. All right. Uh, tell us where our listeners can find you on uh, your sh- social media platforms. Yeah, guys. I'm on Twitter and Instagram uh, at geo underscore baker underscore one. Also, my new startup company, Night Society underscore. So um, if any of you guys want to, you know, reach out, you know, talk more NIL. I love talking NIL. I love talking NFTs. So I'll be around. Appreciate it. That's a wrap for this week. Thanks for listening to the We Need to Be Doing That podcast. Visit we need to be doing that.com for more episodes and contact information. 